Hello, this is Robert Rickover, and today my guest is Juliet Carter, who is both a psychotherapist and a teacher of the Alexander Technique in London, England. Uh, Juliet uh, has worked for the National Health Service and in the corporate sector. She sees her clients um, in a consulting rooms in the Harley Street area of West London, and she has worked uh, as a psychotherapist at the Maudsley, Maudsley Hospital, which is the largest uh, psychiatric hospital in Europe. Um, she has an earlier background in business and economics, and we're going to talk today about how the Alexander Technique might enhance uh, or help someone who is um, either is is uh, in taking or I guess undergoing uh, psychotherapy or some other form of counseling. Um, Juliet, welcome to the show. Thanks, Robert. Juliet, could you begin by giving our listeners a short description of the Alexander Technique? Yes. Um, so the Alexander Technique is a skill um, that is learned during the course of lessons with, with a teacher. Um, it's a skill that can then be applied in the course of your everyday activities, whether that's sitting at a computer, uh, carrying shopping, playing a sport. Um, and the skill is really about using less unnecessary effort and tension uh, in movement. Um, so people come to the technique with a number of different problems, often physical problems. They may be aware that they have um, kind of bad posture, uh, some kind of pain, back pain, neck and shoulder pain or repetitive strain injury from work. So some kind of pain related to, to excess muscle tension. Another group of problems relates more to um, kind of heightened arousal of, of the stress response. Um, so those kind of problems might be literally kind of excess stress, uh, anxiety, um, and also problems with the way that people then cope with that stress, whether it's with uh, sort of eating or drinking too much, um, those kind of compulsive behaviors. Mm -hmm. The technique can be very helpful for that. So especially that latter uh, application of the technique certainly um, seems to have some overlap with psychotherapy. Um, could you uh, maybe thinking of a listener who uh, is uh, in, uh, seeing a psychotherapist or some other form of counselor or uh, some sort of therapeutic process along those lines, um, who quite likely has never heard of the Alexander Technique until listening to our interview today, uh, what, what would be some specific reasons why they might find it useful to explore the technique? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I think it's it's worth saying psychotherapy and Alexander Technique are two disciplines in their own right, uh, which are hugely, hugely valuable and useful, you know, um, kind of independently. Um, I also think they can work really, really well alongside each other. Um, there are particular issues um, that I think the technique um, is, is particularly helpful for. So as I say, um, issues related to addiction, to compulsive behavior, whether that's with, um, with food, with uh, drinking, 
um, smoking, any other kind of um, sort of compulsive behavior that's that's used to uh, manage feelings and cope with stress. Um, I think the technique and learning the technique can work really well alongside therapy um, in as a gentle way of of uh, letting go of of some of that restlessness and agitation and and difficulty that that is behind some of those behaviors. Mm-hmm. And perhaps more generally, um, uh, if we go back to the developer of the Alexander technique, uh, F. Matthias Alexander, uh, who quite early on from his own experiments on himself came to the realization that mind and body were, were not just connected, but really just two aspects of the same thing. So from that point of view, if you're working on a mental or an emotional issue with a psychotherapist, something there's going to be a physical component of that. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Alexander technique, of course, is, is extremely effective at looking at physical actions and mm-hmm. seeing what's useful and what's not and learning how to release the um, the the, youth, the ones that are not useful. Yeah. So I I could see just from that very almost um intellectual point of view it would clearly uh could clearly complement um uh the therapeutic process. And I yes. would imagine uh that uh, things could work the other way too. That is someone who was taking Alexander lessons and experiencing all kinds of physical uh, undoings and releasings and uh, breathing differently and moving differently. In that process, some emotional stuff could easily bubble to the surface that needs processing. And uh, I think most Alexander teachers are pretty aware of that and would recommend uh, to such a student that they look into some kind of therapy. To, to process Absolutely. those changes, yeah. Yes, no, I think I think it works both ways, as you say. And one of the things that, that people struggle with in therapy is um, being able to kind of recognize and, and, and manage their feelings. Um, and I think the technique is um, just by slowing down and reconnecting uh, to the body um, is, is a way that that process just gently happens. Mm-hmm. And I think another way... Uh, I'd like your take on this, but a- another connection, as it were, is that learning the Alexander Technique as a student, a lot of it is about learning to be aware of yourself, to be aware of subtle uh, patterns of tension that creep in that you very likely not to have noticed because they were so habitual, have been so habitual for many, many years. And I would, I'm not, um, I'm certainly not an expert in, in therapy, but I would think that a lot of therapy is about becoming aware of, of um, mental processes and emotional processes that you may not have noticed. Absolutely. So therapy is, uh, for any problem that someone comes to therapy with, you're then looking at what are the patterns in terms of, you know, the way that they're thinking, feeling, um, behaving, um, that is kind of creating that problem. 
And similarly, in, in, in the Alexander technique, the patterns that you're looking at are more to do with muscle tension. Um, but of course, you know, the way that, that our muscle tension is directly linked to the way that we're thinking and the way that we're feeling. I think there's a big overlap in in our emotions, basically, the big overlap between the technique and, and therapy is, is in that area. Mm -hmm. And I guess on, on a very kind of mundane level, um, uh, someone who is uh, uh, in, in therapy, if they are extremely tense, tightening themselves a lot, I would think it's going to be pretty difficult for them to even take in the basic ideas of therapy very easily. Just it's going to be a bit of an obstacle to absorbing the process. Does that does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I would see it in terms of, of the stress response. So if someone's stress response is very active, um, and they're in a kind of hyper-aroused state, and a lot of people are in that state without even, you know, necessarily realizing it. it it is difficult to kind of think and process clearly um and also to feel you know to to really kind of feel what the body is telling you whether um those are kind of practical signals about you know whether you're hungry thirsty tired those kind of things or whether those are more emotional signals um and i think the technique um as i say very gently um kind of brings quietens down the whole system uh, in a way that, yeah, it's just easier to get a sense of what's going on, and and to um, to pause, and uh, have more of a chance to make different choices. Which which is what therapy is all about, too, right? Absolutely. Well, they're both really about integrating the different areas of our experience. So, you know, integrating our head and our heart, our thoughts and our feelings. Um, you know, picking up on, on the sensations and the signals from our body and being able to think about them mm. um, and reflect on them. So these, you know, these are all different aspects of our experience. And, and both therapy and the Alexander Technique are essentially aiming to um, integrate those different aspects better so that we can then make a more conscious choice um, in everything that we do. Right. based on more information. But the way that they go about that, the way that the technique and the therapy approach that process is very different. So while Alexander Technique will start um, in terms of patterns of, of muscle tension and becoming more aware of those patterns and you know, learning to let go of excess tension where that's not necessary, in a very practical way, you know, literally in terms of um, our everyday movements, mm -hmm. um, Therapy will be thinking about, you know, habitual thoughts, patterns of thinking, um, habitual, you know, feelings, whether it's anxiety or anger and and going a little um, seeing those more clearly. And then, you know, perhaps looking at the early experiences that, that gave rise and the beliefs that kind of give rise to some of that experience. Um, but again, it's very much an, an integrative process. We need the information in all the different areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in general, uh, Alexander Technique teachers are not terribly interested in how someone got into whatever state they're in. We tend to be more interested in how they can learn to, to release it. Yes, and in that sense, I would really liken the technique to more of a mindfulness-based um, approach. It's very much present moment um, centered, um, you know, stopping, uh, 
not not reacting to to the stimulus um and yet i think this is where therapy is really interesting um it can be very difficult to stay in the moment and to stay mindful when we're being triggered by um you know complex emotions which are essentially based on past experience and past uh relationships and so therapy is kind of helping to kind of heal some of those um some of those difficulties in order then to allow yes a more simple experience in the present um which is what the technique is all about so the two are very much um i don't know if they're two sides of the same coin but they they're very much um re- you know working can work very well together yes and i think this might be a good point to for us to uh discuss a term that i mean every every profession has developed its jargon and uh, the uh, Freud uh, came up with uh, the term inhibition, which is uh, pretty well it's pretty well out there in the popu- in popular thinking. Um, but it's interesting that F. Matthias Alexander also uh, used that word, and he actually used it before Freud, but um, because he didn't become as famous as Freud. Um, the, the Freud's version is is the one is the one people when people think of inhibition they think of Freud's version of it. Could you? Uh, but in fact, there are two very different things, and I think it might be nice to and it also might, to 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 distinguish those. And I think that also would give our listeners uh, some idea of the the differences between the Alexander approach to change and uh, uh, psychotherapy approach to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so inhibition in the Alexander technique is really central and it's basically the practice of stopping your stopping one's habitual reaction to a trigger. So whether that's um, any, any kind of stimulus, whether it's a physical one or an emotional one. So, so saying no, stopping uh, one's habitual reaction and then making a different choice in order to make a more conscious choice, really. Mm-hmm. So that is what is meant by inhibition in the Alexander Technique. And it's really a, a very positive thing. Um, I would say in the English language, kind of generally, and in Freud's concept, being inhibited is less uh, less positive and implies that something's being held back. Um, and I think, you know, Freud was referring to kind of repression of ego functions and all that kind of thing. But um, but it, it's just a, a whole a whole different concept. So so Freud's inhibition is is about is is something that 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 he, he would like to see people lessen or eliminate. Yes, yes. A kind of a, repr- a, a un- uh, unconscious repression, say, perhaps of old memories or that sort of thing. And Alexander's use of the word inhibition is all about consciousness. It's about bringing um, a pattern to the surface or, or bringing a pattern into awareness and then making a conscious decision uh, if it's something you don't want let's say every time you um, you you stand up from a chair you tighten your neck to do that mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which is pretty common common um, you might come to realize that that isn't helping you it's actually mm-hmm. getting in the way and so an Alexander teacher would show you and teach you how to 
notice that and basically just say no to it. So there's nothing about repression in that at all. It's right. really quite a different use of the word. Yes, and, uh, it's really a pause, isn't it? It's it's a it's a moment's pause. It's just um, stopping for a moment mm-hmm. and redirecting. Whereas mm-hmm. Freud's idea was, oh, you have this emotional blockage because of something that happened to you perhaps at some time in the past that maybe you've either forgotten about or repressed certain aspects of it. It's a repressive idea. And it would be a good thing for you to bring it to consciousness and then release it. Mm -hmm. So both both of them are ultimately, I mean, both processes are about learning how to release stuff you don't want. But I would say, as you said before, the Alexander process is very much in the moment. Mm-hmm. We're not really digging around in the past of st- our students' experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, may, I And I know. think what's interesting about inhibition in, in the Alexander technique also is just uh, this, this ability to set a clear direction for oneself, to have a clear thought. Mm-hmm. And also the quietness in the system that, that even allows that, that even makes that possible. You know, normally we are so busy and intent and focused on just getting on and doing things in the way that we normally do them. And um, and the technique really just quietens down the whole system and and allows there to be a clearer, more directed thought and intention. And is more focused really on, on the way that we do things, not just... Uh, not just as Alexander said, not just the the ends, but the means, the kind mm. of the the process, right. um, which is yeah, re- really a kind of a, a mind body awareness kind of thing. Right, and and that redirecting that you just alluded to, Alexander redirecting, is is a pretty subtle mental process that's hard to bring to bear if there's a if it's if your mind is being swamped with or your body for that matter is being overtaken by all kinds of much stronger signals you know yes. i think so i think that quieting down aspect that you you just mentioned is extremely important yes that you can't really make a subtle change you can't it's hard to consciously make a subtle change if there's if there are other things that are kind of screaming at you. And and yeah. that's one reason, for example, why for uh, if someone uh, is in really severe physical pain mm-hmm. uh, and they come to an Alexander teacher, um, oh, you know, the Alexander te- te- technique is about showing you new ways to, to move. But when someone's in really severe pain, uh, generally, I think most Alexander teachers would say, "Well, first of all, do whatever you can to to release to to uh, lessen that pain by whatever means possible." But if if you are going to have a lesson, the teacher would probably um, it would be more in the realm of gentle conditioning rather than education, as it were. Because you can't, re- at least in, in my experience, it's very hard to get someone who's in physical pain to um, make subtle changes in their thinking. Right. And so, I mean, that's. And a, I think it's also a, what we draw our attention to, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that can be healing in, it, in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there can be a temptation to push away, you know, when there's pain in the body, to push away from it. Um, 
and the technique is is a, is a very gentle way of of kind of creating space for it really mm-hmm. and i think this is what we're talking about it's in in terms of quieting down the system there is this sense of of quiet of spaciousness um that that comes through lessons in the alexander technique which, which i know for me is one of the most pleasurable and enjoyable things about it it's it's just a you know breath of fresh air in that way mm-hmm. it's a kind of a, a deep relax you know it's a deep relaxation and yet um a very kind of active sort of present one it's energizing one exactly you know one other thing that i think we might want to just briefly touch on before we uh come to an end here is um we earlier uh we talked a little bit about how how useful it might be for a a uh, patient a psychotherapy patient or client to um um explore the alexander technique to, to facilitate the, the psychothera- psychotherapy process. But um, we haven't talked about the psychotherapist, him or herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, over the years, had occasion uh, to work, I think, about four or five times uh, with uh, students of mine who were therapists of one kind or another. A couple were were counselors. One was a drug uh, addiction, drug addiction counselor, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of psychotherapists. Um, I, I don't remember exactly the details of all of them, but one of the things that really struck me from talking with them and working with them and getting some idea of what their day was like mm-hmm. is, um, which is pr- pretty obvious when you think about it, is they spend a lot of time sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know, Alexander teachers will tell you that sitting, if it's not done well, can be can be pretty um, harmful to you, just mm-hmm. physically. But not only are they sitting for um, long hours, in the same way, say, that office workers might, mm-hmm. but unlike... Uh, other people who are sitting a lot, they can't really afford to uh, doze off or or lose their focus. I mean, um, their job is to be present for their clients. Yes. Although I'm Absolutely. I'm sure that in the history of psychotherapy, there there has probably occasionally been the odd therapist or two who has uh, sort of spaced out a bit. Well, I think that that can be useful information when that happens. Um, right. Yeah. But, but yes, absolutely. I mean, therapists, uh, it's, it's also, they also have to think about the use of themselves. So mm-hmm. sitting with the client, mm-hmm. you know, you're using all the information that's available to you, not just in terms of what they're saying to you, um, but also in terms of, you know, your own what's going on with you. Um, you know, your own thoughts and, and um, experience, you know, bodily felt experience also. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, um, the Alexander, practicing the Alexander technique as a therapist, I think is, is hugely valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many people who work as body psychotherapists. So they are already concerned with how to um, bring in this information, rich information that we get from mm-hmm. our felt experience and our bodily experience. Um you know, either through touch or not. Um, and yet they wouldn't, in my mind, it's it's less kind of a, a less personal um, training um, th- that they would have had than an Alexander teacher. Um, so mm-hmm. one, one dare not kind of make recommendations to kind of colleagues, but I do think that um, 
that's it's a good thing. Well, I mean, we can we can take it in the other direction as well. Um, I think uh, I, I'm sure a fair number of Alexander teachers, of course, who've who, who've gone through a pretty intensive training. It's a three-year training, and mm-hmm. typically, uh, at least on on the training course I was on, people have their little emotional crises from time to yes. time. Yes. And um, because so much stuff is is coming up, and Alexander teachers, even after they complete their training, most of them are continuing hopefully, to work on themselves in an Alexander yes. way. They're taking advanced courses and so on. Yes. And uh, um, I think, I, I know teachers who have found psychotherapy or something like that very, very helpful. So it, it does cut both ways. It's not, yes. we're not saying we, we, have, we have the goods and, um, you know, psychotherapists don't. It really does work both ways. Um, is there anything we haven't covered that you think w- would be important to include before we uh, before we come to an end? Um, I think we've we've covered a lot. It's been it's been very good. Okay. Well, um, my my guest today has been Juliet Carter, who is a psychotherapist and an Alexander Technique teacher in London, England. And if what we've been talking about today uh, intrigues you. And certainly if you live in the London area, we'll put a link to Juliet's website by the interview. If you live anywhere else in the world, uh, we'll also put a link to a website where you'd be able to find an Alexander teacher uh, in, in your area. Juliet, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Robert. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you.